You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Thinking sideways. I don't understand. Does not compute. Stories of things we simply don't know the answer to. Hi there. Welcome again to another episode of Thinking Sideways. I'm Joe, joined by... Devin. And Steve. And tonight we're going to tackle another mystery. And uh, this is actually, uh, this is kind of a cool little mystery. And uh, it's one that I had never even heard about until about five days ago. So, I mean, most of the ones that are out there, we've all heard about them, right? But, yeah, most yeah, of them. But, one. yeah, I'd never... This this was new to me. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't care about airplanes, so this is new to me, too. There's more than airplanes involved with this whole thing. I know. Okay, so today we're going to talk about the Mole Air Mystery. That's Mole as in M-U-L-L, the Isle of Mole in Scotland. Actually, in the, in the Hebrides. I guess that's what they call those. Sure. All them islands out there. Okay, so our mystery concerns a guy named Peter Gibbs. Peter Gibbs was a professional musician who played the violin. He played with the London Symphony Orchestra, and later on he led the Scottish Symphony Orchestra. So this guy was a serious musician. Mm. Uh, he also flew fighter planes in World War II. He flew Spitfires and uh, was considered an air ace. Uh, he, was, he flew for the RAF, the Royal Air Force. And after the war, he continued to fly private planes for the rest of his life, you know, along with being a musician. Mm. Yeah, he liked flying. Evidently. So, so, uh, long story short, on Christmas Eve, 1975, at 9.15 p.m., he was staying with his girlfriend at a place called the Glen Forsa Hotel on the Isle of Mull. And at 9.15 on Christmas Eve, he took off in this rented Cessna F-150 airplane because the hotel just handily happened to have an airstrip right in front of it, which is really cool. That's... Yeah. Yeah. That's not something you typically would find. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a, they, they put it in in 1966, apparently. They wanted to have uh, you know easier ways for people to get onto the island, and, and they also wanted to have a way to airlift people out if they were sick and they needed to get mm -hmm. to the mainland. Yeah. That's so, actually kind of brilliant. So yeah. that's why they put it in. Uh, uh, so anyway, he took off at 9.15 and headed off over the Sound of Mole, which is a big body of water to the north of the island. And, uh, of course, he vanished. What? Yeah, he vanished. <sighs> now, now, before you guys fling your iPods to the ground and yelling, not another friggin' missing person story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to say, this particular mystery has got a pretty strange little twist in it. So bear with us for a little bit. Would you guys agree that this mystery's got a, a kind yeah. of a twist? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. A serious twist. Yeah. Okay, our first, our cast of characters. We've already met Peter Gibbs. His girlfriend's name was Felicity Granger. Tim Howitt is the co-owner of the Glen Forsa Hotel. 
David Howitt is his brother, also owned the hotel. He, is, he also went by the name of Scott McAdam, but more on that later. And then Pauline Howitt, I'm not sure. She's mentioned in a news story, but nobody says exactly who she's married to or if she's a sister or what. Mm. Well, you won't worry about that. It doesn't really matter. Oh, I seem, I, I think Pauline might be one of the people who was who dealt with the airfield mm-hmm. in some capacity. Cause I remember reading the news article that I think you're referencing. And I believe that she stayed in, in the house that was next to it. And so she witnessed some of this. Mm-hmm. Certainly. But she, yeah, the she relationship did. is unknown, right? Oh, that's it's just yeah, that she has yeah. the same yeah. last name. So yeah, yeah. hard, so, hard to assume, say. Assume it wife, sister. I don't know. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and just, just a, a quick fun aside. You guys remember, um, Netta Fornario? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the island that she died on, Iona, is right next to Mole. Mole oh. Yeah, Mole is the island. If you want to get to Iona by road, then you have to take the ferry to Mole, drive across Mole, and then take another ferry to get to Iona. Oh. So, yeah. Netta. Weird. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so yeah. You've got to think for these islands. I know. I know. They're kind of cool. I'd like to, I'd like to go out there and do a little research as soon as yeah. we start making some actual money on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, back to our story here, though. Um, Peter Gibbs and Felicity Granger had flown to Mole for a holiday over Christmas time, and they were staying at the Glen Forza Hotel, of course, which has an airstrip next to it, as I just mentioned. Sure. So that night, Christmas Eve, they had dinner together, Gibbs and Felicity Granger. Having split a bottle of wine, he um, he then announced that to Tim Howitt, the owner, that he was going to go do a little flying. And uh, mm. Howard asked him, asked him if that was a wise idea, but Gibbs said, yeah, I'm going to do it, whether you like it or not. And so, but, I mean, for one thing, it was dark, dark, cold, and you've had a half a bottle of wine. That and there was a, a storm moving in. Yeah, there was a storm coming in, too. So Felicity went along with him, but she just wasn't going to actually fly. She just, uh, needed, just needed to get out there with a couple of flashlights and go down to one end of the runway and, and lay the flashlights out so that, you know he could see where he was going. Because hmm. it's a primitive airstrip. It's just grass, and it doesn't have, like, landing lights or anything like that. Hmm. So typically, if they want to do a landing or anything like that at night, what they'll usually do is, is bring in some cars and park cars around the airstrip ah. so people can see it that way. This is high headlights on. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Also, I just like what kind of guy is like, ah, oh, it's Christmas Eve. I'm here with my sweetie. We're like in this hotel. We just had a romantic dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go flying. Bye. I know. I know. I know. I know. Bye. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but uh, he did it. And uh, uh, maybe he was just bored. You know, he just wanted, <laughs> to, you know, he just wanted to go out and do something fun. I guess. Yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was a little bit of a daredevil. I was, I was reading some a thing that was written by um, one of his co-musicians that he was in the, the symphony orchestra with. And uh, one, one, one amusing little story is that they were headed, they were going to go to a performance. They were both performing in the symphony. And they were in, uh, they were, they, the traffic was just totally backed up and not moving. And, uh, but it turns out the oncoming lanes were pretty clear. And so this guy said, says to Gibbs, he says, what are we going to do? We're going to be late. And Gibbs says, no, we're not. Move over. I'm driving. And so, and so he puts the car in gear and just goes into the oncoming lanes, just and just buzzes on to mm. over the, the symphony. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Why not? So yeah, yeah. He, he kind of was a thrill seeker. Well, he also had uh, he had a bit of a temper too. Yeah. Like yeah. he seemed a bit of a hothead because I remember reading the story about him 
in the symphony and evidently they had some conductor who was a total jerk Mm -hmm. and he finally stood up to the guy and because of that he ended up getting fired but he was the only one who just said that's it i'm saying something Mm -hmm. yeah i I just can't take it anymore and he was in the right but apparently but apparently that's just the, the culture is that you never you never talk that way to the conductor even though the conductor deserved it and it was yeah, and it was actually kind of funny. I mean, it's so 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 upper crust. The rules are so are so subtle, because his the conductor's infraction was at the end of a performance. He didn't wait for the applause. He just turned and walked off the stage, <laughs> and that's that's considered a major insult to the audience yeah. and to the musicians. And so and you know and and so that's what the whole dust up was about. Anyway, but we're way off base here. Let's let's get back to this. <laughs> uh, David Howitt uh, heard heard the plane being started. And he went out and got his binoculars, and he was watching. The Cessna, and he was a little bit, a little bit worried about this being nighttime at all, and and a half bottle of wine. Dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and he uh, he handed the binoculars over to Pauline Howitt. She was watching them set up the the flashlights, and she said that she was sure that both flashlights were moving at the same time. Now, she Felicity went to to do the flashlights. He was in the airplane because she could hear the plane revving. The engine, the plane engine was revving, so mm-hmm. somebody was in there controlling the plane. Mm-hmm. So if Gibbs was in the plane. How is she? How is she? Because the airstrip is about no, I don't know, forty, fifty feet wide, maybe. So how is she managing to move both of these flashlights at the same time? So oh, they were she, placed on opposite ends. It wasn't like one person with like what? It, what do they use in airports now? Where they're yeah, yeah, those yeah, making no. the Red air motions, yeah, the, yeah, the lights to uh, to th- direct the traffic. It wasn't moving like that. It was uh-huh. at the end. It was placed at the end. I think end. placed on the corners, yeah. So that he knew where the end of the runway was, so that he knew he had to be airborne by that point. Yeah, and he so could he aim to gauge, and he could aim between the two lights. But obviously, they're you know. They'd be forty, fifty feet apart. So, okay. Pauline was, yeah, it was, it was a little odd. She was under the impression that perhaps there was more than one person, more than two people down there. Mm. And Tim Howitt saw the same thing. He was in the apparently the hotel has an observation lounge. Of course and it does. Of course, well, it's, it's like a little airport, so you know, of course it does. He's in the tower, and basically. He al- <laughs> yeah, and he also said that both that both lights were moving at the same time. But when asked, well, Felicity Granger later said, "No, it was just her. There was no other nobody else out there." Is it? Then it, it wouldn't have been on a hill or anything. They wouldn't have been rolling. No, no, it's, it's flat. It's, it's yeah, because it's a yeah. airstrip. So, yeah, 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 it's a grass, <laughs> grass airstrip. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's a little bit of a puzzler. But we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later here if we talk about it at all. But, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> so he uh, slammed into the gear and and took off and flew out over the Sound of Mole. And David Howitt was a little bit worried. So he, uh, there's a place just down the road. And you can see this on the aerial photo if you go, mm. if you want to do Google Earth or whatever. It's just to the east by, I don't know, five, six hundred feet down the road or a quarter mile down the road. I don't know. But Pentagon Cemetery is right on the sound and it's got a good panoramic view. So he drove down there with a the radio so he could just sort of see if the plane came back or not and then listen for distress calls and things like that because he was, like I said, worried. And, of course, not long after he arrived there, a nice big sleet storm rolled in, which lasted for 72 hours. Mm. So, yeah, bad luck. Nothing's worse than a sleet storm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not snow. It's not rain. It's icy. Yeah, yeah. and you got to wonder what that's going to do to your plane. You know, so it's, it's going to ice up your windshield. Mm-hmm. It's going to ice up your, your your flaps and your wings. And it's yeah, like, that, it's bad news. Yeah, that's terrible news when you're in the air. Really bad news. They waited, but Gibbs did not come back. And so uh, next day, on Christmas Day, 1975, they 
called the authorities in, and there was a big land and sea search. They used RAF and Navy helicopters and uh, a police mountain rescue unit, lots and lots mm. of volunteers, people who knew the area pretty well. And they went over the island and searched it looking for, looking for wreckage and didn't find any plane wreck. That's where the story ended for the time being. But then four months later, April 21st, 1976, a local shepherd found his body up on the hillside above Pentagon Cemetery. Hmm. Yeah, up on the hillside, about 400 feet up. I feel like this is why we have our rule about five years, right? (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, people email us and say, oh, there's a story, this person disappeared, and it's like, well, it's only been two months. Yeah, his body will turn up, don't worry. (laughs) Oh, no. That's the worst, you know. Now when yeah. the corpse turns up the day after we we put the show in the air, yeah, and, uh, yeah. But anyway, so anyway, folks, I told you, I promised you there'd be a weird twist, and this is it. So they found his body, but no plane wreck. Yeah, they found his body. The only pre-death injury on his body, and I say pre-death because there had been some scavengers and birds kind of you know pecking at him and mm. stuff like that. So he had some injuries, but the only pre-death injury they could find was a three-inch laceration on his left shin. Now. If he had fallen out of the plane or, or jumped out of the plane or whatever. He would have had broken bones. He would have had broken bones, massive yeah. contusions. I mean, yeah. So he didn't have any of that. No injuries to speak of. So the pathologist concluded that exposure was the cause of death. Oh. Yeah. And they also they also examined his clothes and his boots and, and his hair and everything for any traces of salt water mm. or marine life, you know, any little any little bugs that got. Uh, and, and there was none. There was none of that stuff. It's it's a real puzzler. I so, if he I guess know. the question would be like, is that something that would wash away if there was a lot of rain um, or sleet? I I would think that you know the the hair and the clothes even possibly mm-hmm. if it would wash away, mm-hmm. but not the boots. He was yeah. wearing flying boots, like and, the insides. Of yeah, the stuff. It, okay, they would sure. definitely yeah, they would be, get yeah. stuck in there. Yeah, moisture's. Yeah wicking through the material but... right but that it would be salt water versus whatever water was washing over it over the course of the four four, four months, and a half yeah. months that he was missing mm-hmm. okay great yeah i mean so I, I i think it's pretty unlikely sure but in october of the same year 1976 a local farmer found a tire from the cessna washed up about two miles northwest of the hotel huh yeah and apparently apparently they had the serial number either painted on or written on or something like that. Mm. I, I would imagine so, it would be cast into the tire. I mean, think about your tires yeah. that you buy for your car. There's all those numbers that mm-hmm. are right along the inside of the rim. Mm-hmm. I imagine that's got to be some kind of serial number. Yeah. It's got to be. I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, so anyway, that, that, but they were able to match it to the, to the Cessna. So that's the only thing that they found from the wreckage of the Cessna for years. In September 1986... So that's like 11 years. Ten years later, yeah. Yeah, 11 years after. A diver found the wreckage of a small plane in the Sound of Mull. And two locations are cited in the stories that I read. One says that it was found off the coast of, off the coast of Oban, the city, the town of Oban, about a mile offshore, which puts it, I don't know, 10 miles away maybe, to the southeast from the hotel. Mm. Uh, but another one says that it's about a mile east-northeast from the hotel out mm. in the sound. So that's that's a pretty huge variation. There. Yeah. Uh, so the diver reported that the wings had been torn off the plane, but the doors were still latched and, and shut. Were they... Uh, wait, let me clarify that because I've read some things and I just want to clarify. Yeah. They were latched shut 
not locked. Yeah, they were latched. I don't. I don't even I, know if you can I've lock I've seen plane something doors. about locked, and so that's why I was curious because I did some digging about the plane, and I never saw anything that said that the doors locked like that. So. I would mm-hmm. assume you could lock them from the outside at least. I don't know why you would need them to be locked from the inside. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. when you're flying, you don't. They're as long as they're latched, but you would kind of want to be able to lock it up when you like walk away from it when it's on the ground, right? right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The thing about it is, if he if he crashed and then swam out of the plane it wouldn't be latched no you wouldn't turn around I mean, right you, you, even, you got, even you if got he fell out of the plane yeah yeah you're going yeah well if he says say if he jumped out at speed if he managed to force it might the door have open, watched yeah but it would, then it he would have, have slapped it shut again but, but then he yeah. would have had broken bones yeah I yeah know, okay I know. Wait, sorry we're theorizing I right? know, I know, <laughs> yeah, we're I know. not there yet yeah but anyway, I've, I've seen no documentation. I've, I've tried to find some. You would think that he would he would write down the the, the call numbers or whatever they are the on the diver. side of the fuselage. The diver. Would you think he would have mm-hmm. done that? But I don't I don't see that he did. He basically said he found a plane, and everybody thinks that it's in this Gibbs's plane, but nobody knows exactly for sure why he didn't mark it with a buoy. I don't know. He's oh, so he doesn't remember either where it is. I mean, I'm sure you could go back and search and find it somehow. I mean, yeah. there's, there's probably ways to find it. And they probably should try to figure this out. Mm. You know, it would be, they're never really going to solve the mystery until they find that airplane. And even then they probably won't. Mm. But, you know, there, there might be a clue in there. So anyway, years go by. And again, a lot of people are assuming, but nobody knows for sure that that's just plain. But in early 2004, 2004 three Royal Navy minesweepers were off doing stuff off the coast of Oban again, mm-hmm. and they found the wreckage of a plane about a mile off of Oban. So that sort of supports the diver's location of, as being a mile off of Oban, unless it's a different wreck. There's no reason it couldn't be a different wreck. Yeah, I was going to say, it could be any plane. Yeah, that set off speculation in the papers that they thought this might be Gibbs's plane that the RF had found. They said that they sent a submersible with cameras down there and stuff like that to get pictures of it. And, and they analyzed it and investigated and and they figured out that the wreckage they had found was a Catalina flying boat. Are you familiar mm. with those things, those amphibious planes? Uh-uh. Yeah, they're they're kind of they're kind of big, and they've got the bottom of the hull is shaped almost like a boat, and then they've got overhead wings. Oh, wings, oh, and, it's, and a sea plane, it's a seaplane. It's a yeah, seaplane. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a seaplane. Okay. Except for without the pontoons, right? It's, yeah, I don't. It doesn't have the. Think, those I are what they're called. I think planes. it has pontoons, right? Uh-huh. Because, like, a normal seaplane would have, like, the pontoons instead of, like, wheels. Mm-hmm. And it would just, like, take off and land that way. This, These are more, like, boat planes. No, yeah. they, they still have small pontoons Right, but on it's the not the same. Yeah, it's not like, you know, when you it's see not a Cessna legs off outfitted of the yeah. to be a seaplane. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably it's probably nice to have some pontoony sort of floaty thing out there just in case a wave catches you on the yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they'd be on the wings, not on like legs below the plane. Not where the yeah, running no. gear is supposed yeah. to be. No, yeah. Running gear. That's thank you. <laughs> Planes. Not your forte? No. So this wreck was a disappointment. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um so the location is still a mystery. Mm. And who knows, maybe the plane didn't even crash. I mean, it's, it's hard possible. To say. Yeah. Maybe he just. Uh, I'm, but I'm not going to theorize about this yet. We'll talk about that later. Hmm. Uh, there have been two two books are written about this: the Great Mole Air Mystery by Scott McAdam, whose name actually is David Howitt, the, right. the co-owner of the hotel. Right. So he was ghostwriting. Yeah, he, he was no, writing under a pseudonym. Pen name, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe he was afraid that if the book came out, it turned out to be really lame, then all the, everybody would make fun of him. So he, he, he used <laughs> a pen name. I, I, <laughs> 
And the other book is a fictionalized account of the whole thing called These Demented Lands by Alan Warner, who lives in Oban. I remember seeing the cover of that, at least the cover of the one that I saw. It had a really cool cover. All right. You ready to swing into the theories? Nope. She means yes. Okay. All right. Good enough. So I've got uh, several theories here. Uh, One is that the plane crashed into the Sound of Mole, and he managed to escape and swim to shore. And once he was on shore, he could have, from where he was at, he could have walked to the road, made a right turn, and walked down the road a little ways to the hotel. It wasn't that far. This is this is based on if he crashed a mile out to sea from the airfield, not if he crashed near Oban, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's conceivable even that... I don't know how well a Cessna 150 flies without a pilot in it. I don't know how far it would have gone. It's conceivable he didn't crash a mile out. Maybe he bailed closer to shore and the plane went out and, and crashed further out. I can I yeah. could see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the plane crashed. He managed to escape somehow. Mm. And uh, apparently the windshield was broken, so he maybe swam out through that because since the doors were were locked, I can't imagine he'd swim out from a sinking plane and turn around and shut the door. No, but it, I mean, couldn't the water pressure have shut the door? I mean, it's possible. I, you know, and the other uh, thing to keep in mind is that the plane wasn't even, like, maybe discovered until, like, 10 years later, right? Yeah, maybe some fish shut So it. it's always, well, but it's always the possible, yeah. you know, that the currents are, yeah, you Yeah, when know. it tumbles to the bottom and the wings are snapping yeah. off. Because the wings were snapped off in the the one that was found, that guy said the wings were broke off, correct? Yeah, I said they were both broke, broken off. So and... I could see conceivably if the plane goes down and it tumbles across the surface of the water and the door is not latched, it's probably going to get slammed shut. Yeah. yeah. And even if it came down gently, mm. I could see <clears throat> as it sinks and it hits the bottom, if it happens to land right. I mean, this is yeah. circumstantial, and God knows if we're even on the right track here. Yeah. Well, but we don't even know for sure that this is actually gives us plane. Right, yeah, but it is possible that a yeah. open door can be shut. So he swims to shore. Once he's onshore, mm-hmm. um, he apparently maybe had hypothermia. In fact, he probably did. Oh, yeah. After mm-hmm. a nice long swim through that icy cold water. Yeah. So he gets to the shore and gets confused because all he needs to do is walk up to the road, make a right turn, like I said, go down to the hotel, and he's home free. Instead, he wanders up the hillside mm. and then just probably got you know, overcome with hypothermia and died of exposure. Mm. That's one possibility. Mm-hmm. The reasons not to like this is that, again, the no salt water that we mentioned. Yeah, though potentially it could have been washed off, but probably not. Probably yeah. not. And then the other reason I don't like it is he was, he was wearing his clothes in his boots. Mm. Because have you guys ever tried swimming with clothes on in the water? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's, it's terrible. not easy. Yeah. It's, Especially shoes. Shoes yeah. are the worst. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's the first thing you do is you, you cut your Kick clothes off, off, take yeah. your clothes off, whatever you do. You've got to. They put they weigh so much and they put so much drag on you. Yeah. So that's the other reason I don't like this theory, this this idea that he crashed and got out of the plane and swam mm. ashore. Mm-hmm. The next theory is that he bailed out of the plane over water mm. and swam ashore. Felicity Granger did say that before he left on his flight, he said that if things went south, he would just throttle the plane way back and just open the door and bail out. That's what he told her. Maybe that's what he did. But, of course, the reasons not to like this theory is the same as above. Mm, yeah. Salt, salt water, and clothes. Water, water yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and also, I checked the stall speed for a Cessna 150 is 48 miles an hour, and I'm not sure how easy it would be to open the door at 48 miles an hour. So this is the point where I geeked out a little bit because he was in a Cessna F-150H, mm-hmm. I think was the model. I think that, that was, was the it. newest model. Yeah. And I started reading through the changes that they had done to the planes in 10 years, looking specifically at like the doors and all of that. Mm-hmm. And the doors had, they had upgraded them to a simple latch handle, much like you would see in a car in, that's a 70s model. You know, the, the dr- inside doors, they're just a simple lever rather than anything that's a little more difficult to get your hand on. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that they did, because Cessnas are so small, is they added three inches of shoulder room to the door for the pilot and the co-pilot, whoever's in the passenger seat mm-hmm. so i got the impression and i could never really see an easy profile but i think we've all seen pictures of cessnas and when you look at them dead on they're not flat on the sides they they kind of flare out at the top a little bit do you know what i'm saying they're yeah. kind of a v shape yeah so i could see and and i'm not nuts about this theory but i went down this road anyway if he's getting close to a a stall speed you know this 50 mile an hour threshold yeah it is possible in my mind not easy but possible to because he's got that leverage room now because the door is kind of cambered over to be able to push it and that's one of those things to me that once the once he gets it far enough and the wind starts pulling in through that gap it's going to help him that air pressure that's rushing into the cabin to me would help pull that door aid you in pushing so you're not pushing against all of the wind because the oncoming wind is now r- rushing in and rushing out that gap you've created mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's, so it's not perfect i think if you're I, I don't think that's a perfect theory but i see how it's potentially plausible yeah i think it'd, it'd be hard uh it'd be hard but if you're determined enough and desperate enough you could probably do it the other thing that makes me wonder about though is when you start pushing that say you're going out the left hand side you're sitting on the left hand side when you start pushing that door out, what's the plane going to do? It's going to start making a left turn, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. It's yeah. A, I mean, I go, of course, at this point, you're abandoning ship, so maybe you don't care. I'd have to talk <laughs> to somebody who's, yeah. who's an experienced pilot and actually find out, well, how bad is this going to be? Is it just going to slowly start turning left, or is it just suddenly going to start like whipping around left, going to a stall, and then just start you know, spinning madly down to the earth? Mm. I mean, do I don't we, know. Do we know if he... If, the plane was equipped with a parachute? Uh, as far as I know, not, it didn't have a parachute in it. I don't think... Those, those planes are pretty small. I know. That's that's uh, why I was asking is... I didn't think that would be something that you would standard have in a Cessna. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, he's, he's XRAF. He may, you know, he may have insisted on something. And I never saw anything about that. Yeah, but he rented it. it. I think they would have mentioned... Oh, uh, that's right. He did. Know. It wasn't his personal yeah. plane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, another fun fact about him? Yeah. You know, his flying license wasn't valid? I know, it expired. <laughs> <laughs> he was flying with a suspended license. Oops. Yep. The cops were going to pull him over. Yeah. yeah <laughs> go to his graveside and write him a ticket. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't think so. So bailing out uh, bailing out of the plane over the water, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't really cut the mustard for Mm-mm. me. Yeah. So next theory is that he bailed out 
of the plane over land. I kind of like this theory. Yeah, so he bails out. The plane just goes on and crashes in the water somewhere because obviously they never found the wreckage on the land. Mm -hmm. So let's say he bails out, um, and as, as he hits the ground, he's knocked unconscious, and, but, and before he can regain consciousness, he's overcome by, by hypothermia and exposure. But he didn't yeah. have serious injuries. I guess he, my... He had no serious injuries. My thought is that perhaps you know, he could have bailed out, like if he was having a hard time getting um, altitude mm -hmm. for whatever reason or when he took off like, nobody really says like what happened immediately after he took off but maybe he like was misgaging because it was dark and all that you know maybe he was misgaging and he was he found himself very close to the ground and you know about to crash or whatever for whatever reason so he bailed out but he was a little confused i mean you know, you don't have to have a serious injury to like become confused and disoriented mm -hmm. after yeah. something like that. So if he bailed out close to the ocean, turned around and said, oh, I'll just walk back to the hotel, you know, his gash on his leg because he hit it when he jumped out. Uh -huh. So he starts trying to walk back to the hotel and then is overcome by exposure because it's sleeting mm -hmm. horribly. He dies on the mountaintop where he thought he was supposed to be for whatever reason. And then he, the plane continues on and crashes into the sea. That's my theory. Well, yeah. and, and I can dovetail right off of that because that doesn't exactly explain what happened to the, the Cessna itself. But if you go and you look at the map of this area, mm -hmm. there's a pretty decent sized road there. Mm -hmm. So it is possible that he could have landed on the road. So nobody saw him come back to the airport, uh -huh. but he could have landed on the road. Okay. We're still saying that he's, you know, he's, he's injured himself somehow or he's disoriented and he just steps out of the plane. He doesn't turn it off. And it's oh, a and it just... big storm. It will keep the truck forward. And that road is pretty close to the edge of the coastline i don't know if it's that close mm -hmm. well i mean it's close enough and you know an airplane if you leave it at a decent uh, a decent rpm it'll keep walking forward and eventually drive itself right into the water mm -hmm. seems like somebody would have noticed somebody would have figured found it by now because it wouldn't it wouldn't go very far underwater but underwater. if it's but if it's if the doors are closed and it's covered in ice, and it hits the water. It's not going to sink super fast. We've got a crazy windstorm going on. It's possible that it got drug out to sea. I mean, and, and this is that we're operating under the, the presumption that this wreck that was supposedly found is real. I mean, again, this is we're pulling this out of nowhere, but I'm just saying it's. I think that what Devin came up with is entirely possible. That he yeah. bailed close to land and then, mm -hmm. you or know, I think it probably it. stayed. I don't think he probably landed. I think it probably, he probably bailed for whatever reason. Maybe mm. it was getting icy and he realized, oh, like crap, I can't actually I can't, keep flying this. I can't this. see. Because I can't, I can't see. see up, yeah. I'm going to take it as close as I can to the ground and then bail. Yeah. And it just, you know. He would, he would have been a lot better off bailing over water. And I'll tell you why. I, did, did you go out, did you go on Google Street View and look at the island or... <laughs> No. no I love that you ask us that every know, time and we always stare at you. I know. I, well, I did. I, I drove up and down this road a little bit <laughs> around, around the hotel and everything. And I looked at the countryside and there are a lot of rock outcroppings. They're everywhere in this island. So bailing over land. Bad idea. Really bad idea. I mean, if you have a nice smooth meadow, maybe, but if... You're gonna smash your. You're gonna smash yourself to pieces on a. Well, he couldn't see granite rock. Well, he but he's, he's been he's been hanging out there, and he knows what the countryside looks Maybe, like. Maybe he knows yeah. that there's a lot of rocks sticking out of the ground. Yeah. And, yeah. I don't know, man. So yeah, I think that jumping out over land would have been the, like the worst idea since New Coke. <laughs> 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 
There's another popular theory out there. You guys have probably seen seen this one. Mm-hmm. Peter Gibbs was an MI5 agent. No, he <laughs> wasn't. Yeah, I know. There's I'm no sorry. Way. Maybe he was. I don't well, know. Maybe I didn't he was. Know I, don't, I don't see any evidence to that. But he was doing cloak and dagger stuff in Northern Ireland, perhaps. Oh. And Northern Ireland is actually not that far away from Mull. So if he jumped in the mm-hmm. plane and at the, at the airspeed of a Cessna 150, he could be in Northern Ireland in, I don't know what, 45 minutes? It would also explain why he was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do right now? Leave my girlfriend and go on an airplane trip in the middle of the night. Flying, yeah. After some wine and it's gross out. Because that's great cover. Mm. Well, I mean, it's a cover. It's it's a cover. You do what you're you're assigned to do and try to maintain your cover. Yeah. So anyway, that's the thing. So he got over there, but the theory, as his theory goes, his cover was blown. The IRA murdered him. They brought his body back and dumped it on the hillside to send a message. And the plane was never found. And the plane was never found. Yeah, maybe. I, I, not, this is not plausible. I mean, I, I, it, you know, it's a, if the IRA had murdered him, I doubt that they would have taken the trouble to bring his body back to Mole. Huh? But what if he flew? Okay, wait. Dovetailing on theories here. He flew and he picked somebody up. And they went to have their clandestine meeting in the graveyard, or maybe it was the owner who like was like, "Oh, I'm worried about him, so I'm gonna go to this one random place, the graveyard, because that makes sense." Mm-hmm. And they met. They had some something, right? They met, and the somebody else took the airplane and flew it away. And they knocked him over the head, knocked uh, Gibbs, right? Mm-hmm. Gibbs, we've been talking yeah, about. Peter long. Gibbs, yeah, yeah. Yeah, knocked him over the head and sent him wandering, and he wandered up the hill and passed out. I mean, you don't again, you don't have to have that serious an injury to like pass out. Mm-hmm. You that, know? that lends credence to the why were both flashlights moving at the same time because mm-hmm. there was that third person, right? Yeah, yeah. There was a third person. Maybe there was another person in the plane, and he, you know, they pushed Gibbs out at a low altitude and went on, or you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Well, that's that's what. I was going to get to is my next theory, which is that he never got in the plane to begin with. Mm. Let's say he was involved with MI5. Sure. And so let's say or MI- some, anything. Yeah. Let's say yeah. MI5 needs to, um, in, in as quiet and discreet a way as possible, get to somewhere, we'll say Northern Ireland, and exfiltrate one of their guys and yeah. bring him back home. So this is a two-seater plane. And... So what they did is they just had Gibbs position himself at this place, which is conveniently located not too far from Northern Ireland with mm-hmm. the plane. And that way, the guy who's going to fly the plane to Northern Ireland, collect the cargo, bring it back, mm-hmm. is he just he can just drive out there. He's not seen getting on a plane or anything like that. He just you know takes off and heads to Mole and quietly meets up with Gibbs, gets the airplane, takes off, and unfortunately doesn't come back. Mm. So this puts Gibbs in kind of a pickle because he's outside. He can't go back inside the hotel because he's supposed to be in the plane. Sure. And and your idea of somebody knocking him over the head is plausible. That's occurred to me that perhaps that happened. There was yet other people hanging around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but another possibility is that he uh, had some time to kill. So he decided to go for a little hike. Mm, and in the was, middle of the night. Yeah. yeah, not much else to do there. Mm-hmm. So he decided to like you know hike up the hillside. And maybe he went up the hillside to see if he can catch sight of the plane coming back. Mm. I don't know. I just, and, you but, know, it's still the thing that's like a little outlying to me continues to be the fact that the inn owner or the hotel owner was like, oh, I was worried about him. So I went to the graveyard. Like, was it a particularly open meadow area where somebody might make an emergency landing? Like, was there something special about the graveyard that made him say, this is a reasonable place to go? 
Well, or is it that, you know, Gibbs was there or he knew something about something? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, Gibbs was found close to that area. Like, what? Well, I don't know. If you look at it uh, on street view, again, I drove mm-hmm. past the graveyard. And it does have a, a nice, clear, unobstructed view of the, of the sound It's there. a bit of sure. a rise, isn't it? Uh, it's not real high. But it's a bit. But, but, I mean, it's yeah, a little bit higher yeah, than most of the ground around it. Yeah, a little bit. And uh, so, I, you know, he, maybe his thinking was that he'd have a, a better view from out there. I mean, if he wanted to covertly meet with Gibbs, I mean, if he could just talk to him, chat with him at the hotel. I mean, yes, he didn't really need true. to do that. Yeah. But, you couldn't knock him off at the hotel, though. Dun dun dun. Uh-huh. No, that's true. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, just theorizing. To, yeah, but back to my theory that he he was not actually in the plane. He goes for a hike and he, he goes, dies. He goes for a hike and you know, remember he got a three inch laceration on his left shin. He fell, tripped, perhaps. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could be just an amazing coincidence. The guy in the plane had a terrible run of luck and wound up crashing because of the sleep storm. And then Gibbs was out there just wandering around, wondering how he was going to explain this when he gets back to the hotel. And uh, and then he trips over one of those rock outcroppings I was just talking about, hits his head, and immediately, you know, goes unconscious for a while and dies of exposure. It could yeah. So it could be just something like that. Just... Or the guy doesn't crash, you mm-hmm. know? Like, maybe the guy doesn't crash, but he's unsuccessful. You know, there are lots of things that could have happened to the... Mm-hmm. pilot if there was another the third person pilot yeah maybe he didn't crash maybe he just absconded with the plane yeah so, i guess that theory would mean that um his girlfriend would have had to be in on it too yeah that's the that's the problem i'm having a hard time with is 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 that she and, would also now, have to be an agent yeah now another possibility if you want to look at it this way yes yeah, she's in on the whole thing mm-hmm. another possibility is that this was a super super Secret operation, let's, let's presume, right? Sure. Okay. The, because there was this run of bad luck, because the plane took off and didn't come back, mm-hmm. that means that Gibbs is supposed to be dead. So she killed him. And, no, she doesn't kill him. Oh. But, but what happens is Gibbs, Gibbs and her phone, phone MI, MI5 or MI6 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whoever their handlers and are. And they just say, hey, look, we're in a bit of a pickle here. Uh, if I confess that I was not in that plane, we, we're blowing, we're going to blow this secret operation. So you guys need to find me a new identity and come up with a corpse that we can plant somewhere. That's also true. Although, and again, but that doesn't really make sense either, though, when you think about it. Because if the plane disappeared and crashed at sea, they don't really need a corpse. Yeah. So it probably was his corpse, you know? Well, I mean, that's, that's man, we're really getting off track here. But <laughs> yeah. that's, that's presuming that the plane did crash. And that whoever took off didn't change their mind or, you know, double cross them. Didn't get murdered by somebody at the other end of the flight. Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I mean, that's that's presuming all of that. So it could be that they realize uh, Billy has just turned to the other team and is just totally hosed us here. What do we do? The the one thing that's and I like the idea of dumping a body, of mm-hmm. planting a, a replacement body. Mm-hmm. What gives that a little bit of teeth for me is that when they searched for him and everybody was out and about, they were searching where, right near where yeah, his they body was found. Found him right there. Mm-hmm. It's well, now it's possible that they were not looking for a body; they, they were, were looking, looking for, for wreckage. Yeah. yeah, but you see a body. I mean, it doesn't seem like. I mean, it doesn't seem like this place is so gigantic that like. You know, you don't also notice that there's a dead body. Yeah, but, but I mean, it, the thing about it is, is that uh, 
since it is wreckage, it's a, it's a fairly large item. You mm-hmm. don't need to like you know line up line up in a file five feet apart. That's fair. And stuff. So, so yeah, and I don't know. I don't know what. Yeah, you could probably condition. scan an entire hillside from the road. And that's fair. See. And so yeah, you know, I don't fair. know how close okay. they got to where his body was. All right, I'm liking. Or it I'm could liking... be that somebody did come back at a later date and put the body there. I don't. I don't. I don't know why you'd go to the trouble. But maybe. I don't but know. like maybe why not? Yeah. Who knows? Gosh, this is a big yeah. old mystery. This is one of the first times I think that Joe's done a mystery that he has not claimed to solve. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that I, I, well, it's because it was had that crazy twist, yeah. and he didn't want anybody to throw their iPod down. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that, you got to admit that was a pretty good twist. It's good. <laughs> it's, 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 it's real good. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's still a puzzler to those people out there. I'm still puzzling the heck out of me. Yeah, me too. But I am. Um, Considering that that I don't think he crashed the plane and climbed out and swam. I don't think he bailed over water. I don't think he bailed over land. I don't think he was an MI5 agent. I think that my theory that somebody else took off with his plane is probably more plausible than any of those theories, really. Even yeah, though I, even though the I can't bailing out it. thing is just no, no. It, it's it's really really screwy. He just didn't have enough injuries. I mean, yeah. like you get injuries from like the most mundane things. I mean, you know, you can I don't know twist an ankle because you walked weird on a path i mean when you jump out of an airplane you're gonna have injuries well yeah that's like let's assume you get it down to like say 50 feet off the ground even that like even there's no 50 way foot fall can kill you yeah but also remember if he's throttled back to to um, stall speed mm-hmm. he's going about 50 miles an hour yeah. horizontally also yeah he's going to be bouncing down but just bouncing down the road for a while yeah <laughs> I mean, it's a, yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and even even on the water you're going to be skipping like a stone over the water yeah, yeah. it's gonna hurt I mean, well and and we we, we need to we can't avoid the fact that yes there are stories of people who have bailed out of planes and survived basically unscathed yeah but normally they bailed out and they landed on an incline that had some kind of soft surface snow or whatever it is mm-hmm. and they slid for a while so they burned up roll. all that kinetic energy <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. yeah they well, didn't just land flat yeah and there's something to be said for like soft tissue like if you live through something like that you're like oh i'm basically unscathed with like so much muscle damage that I did physical <laughs> therapy and... for like, you know, five years or whatever. And that sort of stuff shows up on autopsies just as much as, you know, broken bones and things like that. So they would have said like, yeah, like he didn't have any broken bones, but his back was real messed up. Like well, you well, would notice after four months, thing. will that be as obvious when the critters are uh, using him for mm-hmm. a, a lunch I assume plate? so. I yeah. assume so. I, I think so. You but know. I, I think that if he had, uh, if he'd bailed, like say, with your theory, that he bails, figuring that he'll get a softer landing if he's going out to sea, and so when he hits the ground, the the ground is sloping down away from him. Mm-hmm. And the problem, and and that I thought that occurred to me that that would be would be one way to solve or to it occurred to mitigate to me the issue. That, yeah, mm-hmm. one way to sort of like mitigate the whole issue, but. Um, the problem is you're still going to roll for a while, and he is absolutely guaranteed in that countryside to, to hit, hit at least mm-hmm. one rock outcropping yeah. at a pretty decent speed. And it only yeah. takes one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it only, only takes, takes one. one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty much guaranteed. Yep. So, yeah, I think he wasn't in the plane, and uh, it could be that uh, he was Something just hanging else. out, somebody yeah. killed him, or, or he just had an accident and just coincidentally died. I mean, I just yeah. don't know. Anyway, you guys have any more theories? No. No, I think we've like you know, gone through just about every possible theory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And impossible. And yeah, I don't uh, know that we're ever going to know the answer to this one. But it's an interesting little story, you got to admit. Uh, yeah. So that's it for this week, folks. Uh, 
Find us. Uh, you can actually find our episodes and all sorts of other fun material on our website, which is thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. We're on Gmail. If you want to send us an email, and a lot of people do, find us and, and, or email us at thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, so find us, friend us, like us. And we have a group out there, too. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening to us on Stitcher, well, you're probably not hearing this, because are they still truncating our episodes? <laughs> no, or, I think it's we got getting better. I, I, think, I think we've gotten to the bottom of what was going on. Okay, yeah. good. Apologies, folks, but it's not our fault. It's Stitcher's fault. But you, <laughs> you can stream us on Stitcher. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is Thinking Sideways. Not thinking, but Thinking Sideways. You can also find us on iTunes. You probably found us on iTunes And he probably did find us on iTunes. Uh, If you're on iTunes and you're downloading our stuff off of iTunes, that's great. But it'd be great if you could stop and leave us a comment and a rating. We really like those. No, keep downloading, but also... And also keep downloading. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, sorry. I didn't... You know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and that's it. Any uh, any last series from you guys? No, no. Okay. I'm, I'm out. Well, okay, I am out too. So, all right, folks. So, for Thinking Sideways Podcast... We'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you next week. Over we out. out. Yeah. Bye.